This morning, my subject is at Christmas, Touch the Forgotten. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them in, into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Continuing my series, basically a Christmas touch or how we can touch different people or things at this time of year. Last week we talked about Christmas being a time to touch our neighbors and we gave the theme basically about being able to make room for others. We saw how Mary and Joseph had come to the inn and they had to go into a stable because there was no room for them. And how many people do we know at this time of year especially will hear in some emotional sense that there's no room for you? And we want to be a people that not only provide room for others, but provide rest for others. Because we all have people in our lives that when we're with them, it's hard work. Again, like I said last week, don't look to your left or your right. Don't, don't do that. Today, in looking at touching others, Christmas is a time to connect with those who are overlooked. Have you ever forgotten something that was really important? I think we all have. I found this story and it made me laugh, so whether it makes you laugh or not, it made me laugh. There's a story about a young woman who went away to college in the fall, leaving her plants and her goldfish in the care of her mother, who had a tendency to be forgetful. Some of us may know someone with a brown thumb. The mother had one. The plants had that the daughter left with behind in the care of her mother died by the end of the first month. The mother dutifully broke the bad news to her. When the young woman called a week later, her mother confessed that the goldfish had died too. There was a long pause, and then the young lady said, 
how's dad? I thought it was funny. <laughs> it can be easy to forget things. And because our schedules become so overloaded, especially at this time of year, priorities get mixed up. The true meaning of what we're supposed to be about this time of year gets lost and we get focused on presents and who I have to buy for and decorations and special gatherings. But the truth is, the true meaning of this season is not in the wrapping around the gift, but the gift itself. It's about the gift. It's about the idea that because of what Jesus did willingly, that we can be able to say today, God with us. It's about God coming to touch you and me. Now, this was some announcement. It proclaimed the birth of a savior, the long-awaited Messiah. And the only recorded audience we have to this announcement is a bunch of shepherds. Need to understand, shepherds in first century Palestine were the fellowship of the forgettable. More accurately, there was no group or very few groups more marginalized in that time than shepherds. They had no status in their culture. They were uneducated. They were considered the lowest of low class. And on top of that, because of their occupation, they smelled bad. During Jesus' time, being a shepherd on top of all that was a dead-end job. No one was going to come and promote you to senior shepherd. There was no hope for advancement. They had little chance of doing anything else for the rest of their lives. They were considered outcasts. They were considered misfits. And it was a hard job. And it was a thankless job. And on top of all of it, it was a dangerous job. Because they had to protect the sheep against a number of different dangers. They had to protect the sheep against robbers. They had to protect the sheep against wild animals. So the big scheme, it was thought of as something that was needed, but not very important. And as far as spiritual matters were concerned... They were considered, for some understandable reasons, unclean. They couldn't participate in feasts or holy days. So loneliness, weariness, and boredom. Because how many know on Monday when you see a hundred sheep, guess what you see on Tuesday? A hundred sheep, hopefully. And on Wednesday, the same hundred show up. It was monotonous and this is what characterized the life of a shepherd but then all of a sudden this declaration comes when it comes to the announcement about Jesus let me ask you if you were the marketing director in heaven and you're gonna plan the announcement of the savior of the world what would be your marketing plan being honest, it would not have been to these shepherds. Who would you have told first? After all, this is the Messiah. The greatest birth in human history. You probably would have found 
the local news channels, there finally would have been a purpose to all the nonsense that's on cable news. You would have maybe found celebrities or royalty or some way to get this news out that would have spread and made the greatest impact. Our choices would have included secular rulers. You might have found King Herod or military leaders within the Roman Empire or Caesar Augustus himself. Perhaps you would have found various people within the city that you were in that were influential or wealthy or successful merchants. And God intentionally chose shepherds. They weren't expecting this because, after all, yesterday was 100 sheep. The day before was 100 sheep. All they expected that night was 100 sheep. They weren't expecting this, and I don't believe that this was a random choice. God sent angels to shepherds. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I bring you good, no uh, good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to whom his favor rests. I've always liked the author Max Lucado. And in his book, The Applause of Heaven, he writes, an ordinary night, with ordinary sheep and ordinary shepherds, and were it not for God, who loves to put the word extra in front of ordinary, it would have been on just another night that went unnoticed. The sheep would have been forgotten. The shepherds would have slept the night away. But God dances among the common, and that night he did a waltz. That night was, no, was ordinary, no more. The angel came in the night because, and as all of us can know in the spiritual sense, when's the best time to break or to give light? And that's when there's darkness. This is when the light was most needed. And that is where you reach the most people. God often uses or chooses to do his greatest work through people or things we normally think of as weak or unimportant. Again, this was the lowest class of that time. And yet God came to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh... Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Don't let anyone ever put you down because God delights in showing his power through anyone that is willing to allow him to flow through their lives. 
To God, nobodies are somebodies. To God, everyone is important. To God, no one should be forgotten because to him, no one is forgotten. To God, each one needs to hear the good news. Which leads us to the devotion these shepherds were motivated to. When the shepherds got the news about the birth of Jesus, they did not come to Jesus casually. And I find it funny. Their job was to watch the sheep. And the minute they heard the news, they basically said, later sheep. And off they went. It says in verse 16, with haste. They booked it. They hurried. This was such good news that they had to act. All of us have been at that place where not only in the beginning of our salvation, but at different points in our spiritual life, when God has moved in and done something for us, and we had to act. This was such good news, I have to do something. This became the first guests at this miraculous birth. Now, if they had had TV back then, this would have been newsworthy, maybe. These social misfits were God's design and desire to know him. People who the world had overlooked. You and I, all year long, but especially at Christmas time, need to connect with the overlooked. So I ask you, in that day it was shepherds. What is it today? In our day it may be the poor. It may be those that remind us of not nice things. It might be those who have hurt us who we would just simply like to forget and like to overlook. It might be those who have forsaken sound teaching, and now they're walking in a very different place. It might be those who are not overlooked by the world, but because of the situations that have happened in relationships, they're overlooked in your world. God absolutely insists that we as Christians take the power he has given us the power of reconciliation, a ministry, he tells the church of Corinth, of reconciliation, and look for the overlooked and reconnect with those. We know the passage from Matthew 25, where Jesus is giving the instruction that I was hungry, and you fed me, I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you came to me. And they said, Lord, when do we do this? And Matthew chapter 25 verse 40 says, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, Insomuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The overlooked today have many, many categories. They are the outcast and the homeless, the unappreciated and the challenged the untouchable, the addicts, the diseased, the infected with various diseases, convicted felons, battered wives, neglected children, migrant workers, or in general people from other countries, 
essentially the overlooked are whoever we overlook, whoever we look past. And just like the shepherds, we need to understand that the announcement that the angel brought made it clear that this message was good news for all people. Not just some people, not just the people I like. It was good news for all people. All were invited to come and worship. All are invited to come and see. By the grace of God, each one of us is welcome there. The people that I overlook and the people that I look past are just as worthy and just as invited as any one of us. I was at a meeting recently, and one of the brothers came in, and he had gone through a difficult time, and he needed a group of people to come around him and, and just care for him as he cried. And usually in those meetings, it, it was our Thursday night men's meeting, and I just listen. It might be hard for anyone to realize, but I don't talk a lot in those meetings. I, I, I let them do all the talking for a couple of reasons. One, I'd rather they do all the talking. And two, it just seems that whenever I say something, it either stops or derails the conversation because now the pastor has spoke, and I don't want to do that. So I'm listening as the men are comforting this brother, and they're comforting him and, and trying to help him through this difficult time that he's having at home and in his life and his marriage. And they're giving him such tremendous anointed love. And he's responding to it. It's a beautiful moment. And one of the brothers says, because he was saying, I just can't find it within myself to forgive myself. And all of us have been there. We can identify with that. Done things that we've... No, God forgives us, but we can't forgive ourselves. And one of the brothers, again, trying to comfort him, said, accept God's forgiveness. You're worthy of God's forgiveness. And I just stayed quiet because theologically that's not true. None of us is worthy of God's forgiveness. That's what makes his forgiveness so amazing. None of us is worthy of God's grace. That's why we sing the song, Amazing Grace. I don't, des God owes me nothing. And I owe him everything. But I said nothing. Because I'm not going to pick. I did catch him later when the meeting ended. And kind of gave him an exhortation to thank God for his forgiveness and I said of which none of us is worthy these shepherds weren't worthy and the society they lived in made it clear to them they were not worthy or less worthy somehow than anybody else but when it comes to standing before God no one is worthy no one is gifted no one is able to come into his presence more than anybody else just like the shepherds all are invited to worship. Everyone. Everyone. God doesn't give preference to any group or any class. He doesn't discriminate on the basis of intelligence, education, wealth, political power, or social standing. God doesn't care 
that you're on Facebook, someone say hallelujah. <laughs> and since he doesn't care about those things, how dare we? How dare we? Jesus is the savior to all equally. Luke chapter 2 verse 10, we read about the announcement that he brings good tidings of great joy, which will be to all peoples in the version of the Bible known as the message. In that translation, I like what it says. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody. Church, it's meant for everybody. And yet we can become so isolated and so fixated on just me and mine at a time of year when we need to extend ourselves even more so as we enter a, a time of year where we live in a culture that is so divided. So we're going to party with our separate divisions. We're going to embrace our separate divisions. We're going to exchange gifts with our separate divisions, but there are going to be people who need us, who need God's people to reach out to them. So my exhortation to you today is to connect with the overlooked. Even the overlooked in our own worlds. For through worship time together, for though our worship time together is ending, the service in his kingdom has just begun. There are many people that God wants you to reach out to. He's already planned people for you to minister to this Christmas season. Let's be obedient. Let's be aware. But pastor, I'm so busy. If we're so busy that we can't see people, then we're too busy. We need to connect with the overlooked. Ask God to give you and me compassion, and not only compassion for them, but then a passion to understand their needs, to understand what they're going through, to have a sense of what their lives are like. And then to be able to extend loving arms around them. We need to connect with the overlooked. We need to see God's face in them. Because they, just as much as you and I, were created in the image of God. See God's face on those that are ignored. Touch them with your eyes. Your time and your love. But Pastor, I'm just holding it together. I got stuff going on. I got things that are happening. And besides, not the overlooked in society in general, but the overlooked in my family. Pastor, you don't understand. There's a reason why I overlook them. Because they annoy me. Now, I know none of you have anybody in your life that annoys you. So we're talking about the two churches down the street. But if by some chance God leads you to someone who has someone in their life that annoys them, encourage them, that's the person they need to touch this Christmas season to reach out and be that announcement of bringing Glad tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
if ever there's a season for the ministry of reconciliation that Paul talks about to the church at Corinth, it should be the American Christmas season, a time when we tend to focus on whom we will share joy with, on whom we will gather with, on those that will feed into my sense of what Christmas is all about. But pastor, when I was growing up, Christmas was about just family, just me and my family. I'm not trying to be insensitive, but if that's what Christmas was about growing up, just you and your family, then growing up, it got missed. Because that's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about a savior. It's about a Messiah coming into a world that were equally unworthy. Everyone, the people you like and the people you don't like. This was good news for all people. Christmas is about the beginning of a journey. A journey that began in a manger and in earthly terms ends on a cross that we celebrate on Good Friday. And yet it didn't end there. Because three days later, that tomb that he was laid in, it was found empty. Because our Savior is alive today. Our Savior is risen today. And because he has risen, we have power to do the unthinkable. We have power to overcome the unimaginable. We have a power, a resurrection power to be able to do things that this world would consider odd. But that's okay. We've been considered odd for a long time. In fact, maybe we should change the name to the of the church to the odd church of God. It's probably taken. Christmas. It came to dirty, low-class, unclean, dead-end job, going nowhere, shepherds. And God said, they're the perfect ones to announce the greatest event in human history. That has to speak to us about the people around us. As you're in the stores, and that clerk that you can see is at his or her last wit. They're done. Or you're in a restaurant and you see someone who looks like they've had a bad couple of days. Be aware and compassion because God has been so good to you and me. Hasn't he? Hasn't he blessed you? Hasn't he taken care of your needs? Hasn't he been there to give you comfort and compassion and let you know there isn't one step you take on this planet where you're alone? He is there for you every step of the way. And yet there are people who don't know him. And that's where we come in. Stand with me, please.